Okay, it's 7.30. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming and uh, learning together this evening. So today we're going to discuss um, one of two Shilas, or maybe both. I got them both today, and I didn't have much time to look into them, but maybe we could discuss them together and figure out uh, what the answer might be to uh, to one or both of these Shilas. One of the Shilas I got this morning, I, uh, someone WhatsApped me on my way into Yeshiva uh, this morning, and uh, for those who are doing the Dafyomi, this question might make a little more sense than for those who are not doing the Dafyomi, but uh, let's see. The question went as follows. Hi, Rebbe. Weird question. There's a company called Ezekiel 4.9. Just a show of hands. Anyone familiar? No. Okay. There's a company called Ezekiel 4.9, which makes bread based on the Pasuk in Yecheskel. As per today's daf, would one make a hamotzi on this bread? Since the Gemara seemed to assume it's not considered pas. Or do we assume, like Rav Papa, that it's only not considered pas when when baked over excrement, which I'm assuming this company doesn't do. Okay, so if you're a Dafyomi person, you understand what that's about. Otherwise, it just sounds uh, mighty strange. That's Shaila number one. Shaila number two. When I got home this evening, uh, a friend of mine sent the following Shaila to a group of Rabbanim, to a rabbi's chat. Uh, a guy works in Kiruv, a fellow in this uh, in my friend's shul works in Kiruv, and he's teaching people, he's teaching uh, Jews who are not uh, Torah observant, or how do they say, not yet Torah observant, he's teaching them Hilchos Brachos. So he got up to the halacha that when eating non-kosher, you're not supposed to recite a bracha, non-kosher food. And now he's not sure what to do. Should he teach this halacha or not? None of the people in the shir keep kosher. So uh, he figures it's going to work one of two ways. Either he does not teach this halacha, and there's a chance they'll start reciting brachos. You know, he's telling them about the beauty of brachos, and, uh, you know, for each uh, each kalmin min ten lomain berchosav, you say a separate bracha for each type of food, and he's teaching them how to say the brachos, so they'll say all these brachos. Uh, if, he, if he does not teach this halacha, but if he teaches this halacha that when you eat non-kosher food, you're not supposed to say a bracha, now he's nervous that they're going to say a lot of brachos levatala. Um, I'm sorry, I said it the other way around. If he if he does not teach the halacha, they're going to say brachos even on non-kosher food, and it's going to be a bracha levatala. But if he tells them that you, if he teaches the halacha, that you're not allowed to say a bracha on non-kosher food, so then he's concerned that they're just going to say, well, we don't keep kosher, so we're not going to say any brachos, and then they're going to lose out on the opportunity to learn how to say brachos bichlal because they're they're just not going to say brachos in anything, and they're never going to get in the habit of saying brachos uh, because uh, because they're they're uh, they, they know that they don't keep kosher. So those are the two Shailas. So Shaila number one, Ezekiel 4.9. Shaila number two, uh, should you teach the uh, potential Balei Tshuva about brachos on non-kosher food? We can use the chat to vote over here. So far, uh, it's a close vote. Oh, got less close. Okay. All right. We'll see. Uh, this is like... Uh, okay, I guess we're going to go with Shaila number two. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll go to shadow number two. Oh, it's a landslide. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So we'll go with shadow number two. Is this a sign of things to come with presidential elections? It's such a landslide. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's do uh, shadow number two first. Um, so uh, so where do you start with this shadow? Meaning. We know what the halacha is over here, right? Meaning the halacha really is that you're not supposed to say a bracha on non-kosher food, and that you are supposed to say a bracha on kosher food. So there's like this, uh, given the choice of doing, uh, you know, of, of knowing that uh, that these people are going to be doing 
one of those things wrong, either they're not going to say bracha on kosher food, or they're going to say bracha on non-kosher food, so which is the worst of the two isurim? Whenever you have like a choice, you know, that you have to make, like which is the worst of the two isurim? Is it worse uh, to uh, to eat food without a bracha, or is it worse to say a bracha on non-kosher food every once in a while, or more often than every once in a while? So which is the wor- which is the worst of the two isurim? So l'chora, one is a sin of commission, and one is a sin of omission, right? If a person does not say a bracha on kosher food, he simply didn't say a bracha, so that's a sin of omission. Whereas a person says a bracha when he's not supposed to say a bracha, so a bracha levatala, so that's a sin of uh, commission. That's, uh, that l'chor is much worse to be over an avera. Bekum vasei is, uh, is generally considered to be much worse than being over avera b'shevi But is it that pashut? Meaning, what exactly is the avera of not reciting a bracha rishona? So the Gemara has a whole amun of Masechus brachas where it tries to figure out what the source is Midar Raisa for Bracha Rishona. And the Gemara comes to the conclusion the Gemara comes to the conclusion that it's a svara, that, that it's not really a dindaraisa, it's a svara mitrabanan. Um, the, because uh, the, the Gemara says that also the Hanus mel mazeb, lo bracha. Um, uh, right? Meaning that you're not allowed to get hana from this world without saying a bracha. And therefore, it's like, it's ki'ilu ma'al. The Gemara quotes two psukim. That ha-shamayim, shamayim, la-shem, va'aretz nasan adam. On the one hand, the Pasuk says that whatever's down here on earth is given over to man, his levnei adam. And on the other hand, la Hashem Aretzim Lava. No, everything belongs to Hashem. Even the Aretzim Lava belongs to Hashem. So which is it? Are things down here on earth Lashem or are they Lebnei Adam? Or are they for us? So the Gemara said, oh, Kan Kodem Bracha, Kan Liachar Bracha. That before you say a Bracha, you, uh, it all belongs to Hashem. And by saying a Bracha, a Bracha serves as a Matir. The Bracha allows the food to be eaten. Which means, and if you take the Lashon of the Gemara, it's Ki'ilu Ma'al. You're like you're being Ma'al Behegdish when you eat food without a Bracha. So it really is not saying a bracha is not really a sin of omission. It's a sin of commission because you're eating the food without saying the bracha. The iser is eating the food. The iser is being nana mina olamazah without a bracha. So now we're back to uh, back to that comparison. They they both seem to be a sin of commission. Both the sin of saying a bracha levatala. And the sin of uh, of of being bracha. Not only that, is it so partial that when you say a bracha on non kosher food, that that's called a bracha levatala? It could be that you're not allowed to say a bracha. You're not supposed to say a bracha on non kosher food. But is that necessarily a bracha levatala? It could be that it's not a bracha levatala. It's you said a bracha on the food, so it's a real bracha on food. It's just a bracha you shouldn't have said because it's a chutzpah to say such a bracha. You're going to go and have a ham sandwich and you're going to say a bracha to the Rebbeinu So it's a chutzpah. It's not right, but it's not necessarily the bracha levatala. Bracha levatala is referred to uh, as a as as an isur chamer. There's a whole machlokas we shown him where the bracha levatala. Is Nisudar Rice or is Nisudra Banan? But even if you hold that it's Nisudra Banan, it's a very Hamridik Isudra Banan. So let, let's let's start the sugya like this. Um, now that we know that we're good and confused, which of these is worse, let, let's let's try to uh, analyze it this way. Uh, let's look at this halacha of saying a bracha non kosher food. How terrible is it? Is it so obvious that it's problematic? Um, then maybe we'll talk about, are there ever exceptions? Meaning, would you ever say a bracha levatala for 
larger purposes of training people to do the right thing. Would you ever say Hashem's name in vain, or even say a bracha with Hashem's name? Because you're looking bigger picture, and you're looking to train people to one day be Ovid Hashem properly, and then we, we can look at, at to what extent you have to worry that you're causing somebody else to do something that's incorrect just by simply teaching them Torah in an incomplete way, meaning you're teaching them brachos, and you're teaching them hilchos brachos, you're just going to leave out this detail, that you don't say a bracha on, uh, on, on non-kosher food. And then, of course, of course, whenever we talk about kiruv type of things, or, and really most uh, piskei halacha, you have to look at the fifth shulchan aruch, you have to look at, uh, at, at, at some common sense issues and other considerations that are beyond the halacha. So let's, let's start, uh, let's go through, try to go through as much of that as we can. So bracha non-kosher food. The relevant Gemara about a bracha non-kosher food is bracha staf memheya medalif. Shlosha shachlu ka'achas chayavun lezamin. That if three people eat together, they have to bench zimun. Achol demayu, maiserisha shlutu shumaso, maisersheni vakta shaniftu, vasham shachol kazayis vakuti, mizamnin alav. If you eat kosher food, you say a zimun. But achol tevel, if you eat tevel, so uh, produce no chumas meiser have been taken from, or meiser rishon that they didn't take chumas meiser from, or meiser sheni v'hagdish shalonifto, you're eating meiser sheni outside of Yerushalayim, you're eating hagdish that you were never poda. In such a case, there is no zimun. So, uh, based on, presumably, presumably based on that, the Rambam writes in Hilchas Brachas Parakal of Halachi Yotes, Kala Ochel Dover Aser, Bein Bezadon, Bein Beshkaga, the Eno Mavarechalav, Lo Betchilav, Lo Besof, that a person who eats a Dover Aser, whether he does so, Bemezid or Beshogeg, he does not recite a Bracha. Bein betchila bein basof. Bein betchila bein basof means he does not recite a bracha. Um, he, uh, he does not recite a bracha rishona nor a bracha achrona. And the Ram says keitzad harei shachal tevel vafilu tevel d'devreim. Even if all you're reading is nisud rabbanon. O shachal meisrishon shal nitu kol chumas. So if a meisrishon vagd shal nitu kil chasan, eino mevarech. Of course, for sure, if you're reading the veils and trips, of course, of course, you're not going to say a bracha, neither a bracha rishonah nor a bracha achrona. So where did the Ram get it from? Presumably that Mishnah, that Gemara that we said, bracha staf mem hey, that it says, because they're eating non-kosher food. So the Ram says, therefore we see that it's not right to say a bracha non-kosher food. Comes along the Ravid, and the Ravid does not mean words. He says that the Rambam made a huge mistake over here. He says the Mishnah knew how to speak Hebrew, right? It could have said Ein Mevarchin. It didn't say those words. It said Ein Mezamnin Aleihem. Ein Mezamnin Aleihem means you don't make a Zimun. Zimun requires a sense of Kvius. It requires a sense of establishing a sense of Kvius together. And uh, that, maybe if you're reading Machal Sasuros, it's it's not enough of a kavios, but to say bracha rishona, you just need to be nene. And if a person is nene from the from the achila, so then you should recite a bracha rishona. So the rivet says, I believe you do recite a bracha rishona when you're eating non kosher food. Psak halacha shulchan aruch and simkuf tzadivav sif alif paskins like 
the Rambam. However, there is a chak, meaning the, the Rambam says no bracha, right? And that's why that was the assumption of the question: Should the person say a bracha? So the, there is a chakira that the achronim have within Shita Sarambam, and that's the chakira I mentioned before. It, whether there is no chi of bracha on such foods at all, or fundamentally there is a chi of bracha because it's asalam asalam zeblo bracha, but the mockery of it all, that you're going to mock the Ribbon Shalom by trying to say such a bracha, that that outweighs the benefit of, uh, of the bracha. Uh, and nafkamina might be in, in our case, right? Is it really a mockery? The person doesn't know any better. He's totally beshogeg. He thinks that he's supposed to be saying a bracha. You're going to call that einza mevarichela minayitz. One thing, if he's doing a pemezid, you call that einza mevarichela minayitz. But if you say that fundamentally there's no chi of bracha, then it's a bracha levatala, because fundamentally these foods don't have a chi of bracha. So it might be enough nafkamina for our case. Mishabura quotes from the Taz that if a person is eating bemezid, then even the rivid would say not to say a bracha. Implication being that if it's beshogeg, the Rambam and the rivid would disagree, and the Rambam would still say not to say a bracha. So it would uh, blow up that nafkamina that we just said before. Um, there are other circumstances that relate to this. Let's say I'm not, you're not eating nevelos hutrefus, but you're eating on a fast day, or you're eating uh, before davening, you're eating on sukkahs outside of a sukkah. So then all the posts can write, then you do say a bracha, because then what you're eating is a chefza shel hetar, you're eating a food that is in fact kosher, it's just uh, that you're eating it at a time that is not, uh, that is not a kosher time to eat. Um, or in a situation, the circumstance is not a proper circumstance to eat. Which, if the whole thing is just that it's an insult to Hashem, that you're going to say a bracha on such an action, you know, wh- wh- why does it only apply to the to the chefza? So it must be that since the purpose of the bracha is to be matir, the chefza, so uh, when the chefza is, 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 can become mutter, it's not considered a chutzpah. Meaning, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say a bracha on this food, this food can become mutter. I just can't eat it right now, because of a uh, of, of a tam study because of a side reason, but the food itself can become mutter. I have the ability to uh, be matter the food. Right? That's how Salvation explained the unusual uh, lashon of the Rambam. The Rambam writes when it comes to birchas mitzvos. The Rambam, when he talks about the requirement to recite a bracha over las yasim before you do a mitzvah, he has an unusual equation. He says kishem, kishem, just like you say a bracha prior to eating food, so too you say a bracha prior to doing any mitzvah. And people are bothered. Uh, what, what do you mean? What do you mean kishem? What do you mean just like? What does one have to do with the other? So Salvechik thought that that's, uh, that we understand why you say a bracha on food. You say a bracha on food to be matir the food, that the food was usher beforehand. So we're saying that just like a bracha on food is a matir for the food, so too a bracha before a mitzvah is a matir to do the mitzvah. Because who do we think we are? That we're going to approach the Rebona Shalom and we're going to say we know how to serve you, Hashem. We don't know how to serve the Rebona Shalom properly, but uh, to, to, uh, to get permission, you don't just uh, you know, you, you can't just uh, when you when you're dealing with uh, with royalty, you're dealing with uh, with a king. You know, if, if let's say uh, I, you know, around uh, Shabbos tables, I've discovered. Not Shabbos tables, but around Zooms and conversations, and you know, uh, around Shul, I've discovered that Dr. Fauci might be a pretty smart guy, 
but pretty much every guy in my shul knows better than him, um, you know, how to handle a pandemic and exactly what they would do. I mean, I don't think I know a Jew that doesn't know better than, uh, than Dr. Fauci, right? So what's going what's, what's gonna to happen? Uh, I, I, I know, you know, I, I, look, I may not, uh, you know, I, I, I may not be a doctor. I may not be an infectious disease specialist. I may not be an epidemiologist, but, 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 I, I read a few articles on online and and several blogs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk into uh, the White House one day and I'll say I'm here to serve. Let's go. So what, no, you can't just do that. You, you you have to be invited. You can't just show up and uh, you're here to serve. So the similar thing says for salvation. You can approach the Rebbeinu Shalom. Yeah, yeah. I'm just coming in. I'm gonna do what I. No, the bracha is the matir. The bracha is the invitation. And by a mitzvah, also you can't just uh, show up and be here to serve. The bracha is the matir. So certainly it's that way with uh, and That's beferish in the Gemara. Now, what if a person is an ones, like a person is a chola or something, and they have to eat something non-kosher? So Beis Yosef says that even the Rambam would say that you do say a bracha if you're an ones, because it's heter for you to eat. So if it's, if it's uh, something that's mutter for you to eat, so of course you say a bracha. If it's something that it's ba'onis, but you're disgusted by it, like it, it makes you want to gag, uh, the Sharetzim, Mishabur and Sharetzim, Reish Dalit, Sivkat Mem Aleph, says then you don't say a bracha. I mean, you can imagine a person who's been a firm Jew his whole life, he's kept kosher, never put a morsel of non kosher food in his, in his mouth in his entire life, and now they tell him. Uh, Bacon. You need bacon strips. You need to eat uh, with with melted cheese on it, and that's the only way you're going to get better. Okay, that's the only way he's going to get better. That's what he has to do. That's what the doctor the doctor ordered. But uh, but he's gonna it's gonna he's it's gonna make him want to gag. So uh, so that if a person's mamish disgusted by it, so then he would not recite a bracha. Um, the the drisha and the bach. Uh, quote a sheet of the Ramah that you don't say a bracha even when you're an ones choli. Halacha, la halacha, we paskin, you do say a bracha. Why? Svek sveka. Maybe we hold like the Ravid that you always say a bracha in Machalos Asuros. And even if we don't hold that way, which we don't, we hold like the Rambam, but maybe maybe we hold like those Rishonim that when you're sick, it's, uh, it's different. The Ramah actually distinguishes between two types of onus. Sometimes you're an onus because you're sick and you have to eat that food and other times a person is an onus because someone is forcing it on you. Someone is forcing you to eat it. So, uh, but Ramah says that if you're an onus holy, you say a bracha. Whereas by an onus of someone forcing you, you don't say a bracha. So Mishabur explains that when people force you, the onus is on the maisa ha'achila, which you have no interest in. When you're ill, though, the onus is not on the maisa ha'achila. It's just on the fact that you have to eat this as opposed to eating something else. And therefore, by an onus choli, you still would recite a bracha because you are interested in doing a maisa ha'achila. Okay, so that's the sugya of reciting brachos on non-kosher food. So what, what emerges from that whole analysis is that even though we paskin you're not supposed to, it is a machlokas rishonim. It is a machlokas rishonim. We've also seen that if you're ones, if you're an ones, then it could be you're supposed to recite a bracha. You have no choice, meaning sometimes it's not so pashut. It's not like this case that we described where you have an adult who uh, runs his own life and he can go buy kosher food anytime he wants and he's just not holding there yet so he's still not keeping kosher no, sometimes it's really an ones I was once uh, I had this chus of sitting together uh, with Rav Shechter as, as he was uh, answering Shailas in the OU 
uh, several times we did this uh, where we sat with him as he was answering Shilas in the OU offices on a Friday, and uh, he got a phone call from an NCSY advisor. And the NCSY advisor said that there's a ninth grader that comes to their events who has become Shomer Torah Mitzvah. He lives, his parents are not at all observant, and he's become Shomer Torah Mitzvah, ninth grade boy. And he's keeping kosher. Every, he, he wants to keep kosher. He wants to keep everything. Shabbos puts on tefillin every day. Mamish, he's, he's all in. He's completely taken uh, by, 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 uh, by Torah and mitzvahs. Um, but his parents are not willing to make any adjustments, including they're not willing to make a kosher home. They're not willing to serve him kosher food. But he's ninth grade. What do you tell him? To move out? I mean, he's a, he's a kid. He's not moving anywhere. Right? So it's a pretty big onus. So uh, so what's he supposed to do? It could be that in that situation, should he re- so is Shailua, should he recite brachos on the food that, is, uh, that, that, that his parents give him? Uh, the food when he sits down to dinner every night, should he recite brachos? Right? So, I mean, he, he, he could decide, I'm a vegan or whatever, but still, all the food is made in tray for Caleb and everything. So, uh, so can you recite, uh, can you, should he recite brachos on, on such foods? The boy actually thought of an Eitzah himself, and that was the Shiloh that he asked from Shechter. His Eitzah that he thought of himself was, maybe he should just wash at every meal. Because chances are the bread is not not kosher. The bread is just bread. So he'll have kosher bread. He'll wash it every meal. He'll say amotzi on the bread. And then he won't have a shayla about the other foods because everything will be covered with amotzi on the bread. That was his eta that the boy thought of. So they asked the shayla to Rav Shefter when, when Rav Shefter finally composed himself after a few minutes of uh, just uncontrollable crying about uh, this boy's mysterious nefesh. He told him that it was the right eta. That, that's, uh, that it, to, to the extent when it's possible. So you can't always expect a person to always Wash, but when it's shaykh to do so, that he should, uh, they should in fact, in fact do so. Uh, you know, sometimes um, you, you you get uh, used to uh, the way of Shechter reacts to certain things, and you forget that it's that it's godless because you're just so used to it. You know, like someone someone put on the internet today that there was this uh, a teacher in uh, I guess Ramaz uh, had asked Rav Shechter to make a short video, a Mazel Tov video for his class, for finishing a Masech of Mishnayis or something, or for participating in a Mishnah program. And he said that Rav Shechter sent a video, and, and he, he introduced himself. He said, hello, my name is Herschel Shechter. I, uh, I used to say shiurim at KJ, and sometimes at Ramaz also. Uh, like, that's how he introduced himself. Like, I'm, I'm a former Magid Shir at KJ. You know? <laughs> and uh, and uh, when I was your age, I never would have participated in such a beautiful program. What an accomplishment. You're bringing Mashiach. And you should be convinced or whatever. So the guy was just like, I'm amazed. He's like, he's a posikador. He's introducing himself like, oh, I used to, I used to teach a KJ and Ramaz sometimes. And uh, you know, when I, I, oh, when I was a kid, I never would have learned. You guys, you guys are amazing. And like, he, he had to like explain to the Talmudim, no, no, he's actually more than that. <laughs> he's actually, you know, a little more than what he said. So like. Like you know, I, I my my brother's reaction when he saw that was like, I mean, if like if if you've met Rav Shechter, that's I mean, it, it's amazing, but it's not really amazing. That's just the way he talks. That's <laughs> just the way he is. It's not really like it's it's not at all unusual. Like you you'd be surprised if he did anything else on the uh, on the video. But anyway, the um so where are we? oh so so now we move on to to to, to the second category, which is do you ever say a bracha b'shemu malchus even when you have no intent of eating anything, or eating anything you're supposed to eat, let's say, uh, for the sake of 
training, for the sake of training somebody to do it right. So there is a somewhat of a parallel to this. Uh, the Mishabur writes, in some Reishas Vav Yadalud, that a Malamed is able to say the Shem Hashem when he teaches brachos to children. Because you have to teach them brachos. So how are you going to teach them brachos? Unless you say the Shem Hashem, unless you teach them the proper way to say it. In the Sharetziyun, he quotes from Pischei Tshuva that uh, brings a raya from a Marsha in the Sechah Sanhedrin to be machmer and that, but the Sharetzian says, it's an incorrect raya, this is in fact the correct halacha that a, that a Malamid is allowed to say a bracha with Shema Malchus, even though he's not, he's not eating anything in order to teach the children. The Shulchan Aruch and Archaim Sim Kufsam Zayin Sifiyu Tes Paskins that a person could say Berchsam Muslim together with children, even if he didn't eat with them. Also, to be Mechanik with Mitzvos for benching. Mishbura says even Ketan and Bialma Shein Chinucha Mutalalav that even if it's not your kid, it's someone else's kid. Now, why? Why are you allowed to do that? Now, the truth is, in our case, it's a very different case. We're not asking whether the teacher can say a bracha. Uh, we're asking whether these people can say a bracha when they're not supposed to, so that they can become accustomed to saying brachos. It's a little bit of a different uh, situation. Um, it's not. It's not the teacher. It's the people. The people themselves. But uh, but maybe if we understand the reasons why a teacher teaching young children is allowed to say a bracha, maybe that will help us. Uh, you know, as, to see if it could be applied over here. Also, in the case of uh, the another difference is in our case, it's not katanin. You're not you're not teaching uh, children. You're, you're teaching adults in our case. So there are three mahalchim that I'm aware of as to why it is that you're allowed to say a bracha b'shem malchus even when you're not eating to be mechanech ketanim. I wrote about this in the toward the end of my second sefer. So uh, according to many poskim, bracha v'atol is only nisur midrabanan. That's Tosas and Rosh Hashanah Gimel, the Rosh in the first parak of Kiddushin, the name Rabbi Nutam. So the chinuch uh, mitzvah taflam and the magen avram and some reish tasvav. So that maybe since it's only drabanan, they were matir b'makom sarech for chinuch habanan. That uh, they were never meaning it's built into uh, klal yisrael that we need to be mechanech our children. And therefore, when Chazal originally made that din drabanan with bracha levatala, if you assume bracha levatala is a drabanan, they they made an exception to that din. So they bichay gavna lo tiknu or lo gazru in in the sefer hakaton v'hilchosav, a wonderful sefer. Three volume safer about Chinuch, he has another approach. He says, No, no, even if you say Brach Levatal is Nisr Daraisa, like the Magan Avram explains Shitas Harambam in the first part of Ilchus Brachos, and uh, the Birke Yosef, the Chidan, Birke Yosef says, It could be that they're Matir for the mitzvah of Chinuch, because the halacha is you're allowed to say a Bracha on a mitzvah Drabanan. Right, Shabbos Chav Gimel Sukkah Mem Hey, you're allowed to say a bracha on Ner Chanukah. You're allowed to say a bracha on Mikra Megillah. Right, even though these are mitzvahs midrabanan. Heichan Sivanu. The Gemara says, where are we? How can you say Asher Kesher Mitzvah? Where did God ever command us in these mitzvahs? Lo Sasur. So the mitzvah of Chinuch is also a mitzvah midrabanan. So you could say a bracha. The mitzvah of Chinuch is a mitzvah of Chinuch is a mitzvah midrabanan, and therefore you could say a bracha uh, in the context of Chinuch. Ooh, that's a little bit of a leap. You know, it's one thing if I'm saying a bracha. You know. Of a birchas mitzvah on Mikra Megillah, so then the words that I'm saying are about Mikra Megillah. So if there was some sort of bracha on the mitzvah of Chinuch, I get it, right? That al mitzvah Chinuch or something. No, what are you doing over here? You're saying bari zonos, you know, just because you want to be mechanichim. It's not the bracha. The words you're saying are not really on the mitzvah of Chinuch. So it could be that if bracha levatalas and isidah raisa, that would still qualify. 
nullify. That's not uh, that's not a, a takana of a bracha on a mitzvah midrabana. That's a bit of a strange argument. But then there's another possibility as to why it's mutter, and that is bracha levatala is so defined. It's a bracha that's levatala. That's for uh, no use whatsoever. When you're saying it for no reason, it's included But when you have a good reason to say the bracha, even if you're not being mekayim, the mitzvah that you're being mevarich on, maybe that's not begender, bracha levatala. It's not shem Hashem l'shav. You're not saying it for no reason. You're saying it for uh, for a good reason. And there may be nafkaminas between uh, between these reasons, these three reasons. Can a mevarich, uh, can a gadol be mevarich for a katan when he's not uh, the one, um, he's not being melamid the katan. When, uh, let's say like this, can can you try to be motzi a katan in a bracha when he, when when he you're not teaching him how to say the bracha, you're just going to uh, say it for him. So uh, if there's no, if the hetar of Gadol being mivarich when he teaches the katan is because they were matir the yisur derabanan of a bracha to teach him how to say a bracha over here you're not teaching him how to say a bracha even though it could be that you you yourself being mekayin in the mitzvah of chinuch because you're being motzi him in a bracha so you're being mekayin in the mitzvah of chinuch so if it's on the mitzvah of chinuch then maybe it does maybe it does work. Be that as it may, it doesn't seem that that would really apply over here. Because over here, it's not chinuch, it's negative chinuch. Meaning, if the concern is that he's going to say a bracha, levatala, bracha on non-kosher food, that's the opposite of chinuch. Chinuch has to be done properly, it has to be done in the kind of way that if he were an adult, he'd be fulfilling the mitzvah. Over here, you have an adult and he's doing it in the wrong, in the wrong way. However, however, uh, one has to take into account a number of other... Um, considerations. Number one, how much of what a person eats is actually not kosher, to the extent that it does not require a bracha? That depends where they live, probably. Right? If they live in Eretz Yisrael, let's say, how much of what they eat is actually not kosher? Or even in America, breakfast, almost always going to be kosher. Right? They're going to have cereal and milk. All the cereals are kosher, and uh, the milk is kosher. You know, uh, even though, and, and, and lunch, what's it going to have? A tuna fish sandwich with uh, lettuce and tomato. Okay, uh, hold the lettuce, right? A tuna fish sandwich. So tuna fish is all kosher. The mayonnaise, uh, Hellman's market share is probably like 90% or something. So like, uh, you know, probably the mayonnaise is kosher. And, you know, chances are most of the things a person eats anyway is kosher. They're very, I, I wouldn't say that, I, you know, uh, that it's bedate de charedis standards, but, uh, you know, but but much of what a person eats is kosher anyway. That's just something to keep in mind, um, and 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 also keep in mind that if these people uh, were not raised with Torah mitzvahs, they're not ready to make that determination on their own yet. Meaning, it is very likely that if generally they don't te- keep kosher, and you were to tell them say a bracha on the kosher food and not the non-kosher food, they're going to end up not saying a bracha on the kosher food on a lot of the kosher food because they're going to say I don't see an OU on it. Anything I don't see an OU probably should a lot of it probably should get a bracha, but they're not going to know to say a bracha. Also, as a mahalich in terms of being uh, in terms of teaching people Torah, being makari people, uh, the mahalich that that I always thought makes the most sense is to always be honest. You know, I've been asked to Shaila many times people who are teaching someone chassan classes, and they have uh, not the greatest confidence that the chassan is going to follow all of the uh, you know all of the halachas. So should you leave stuff out so you don't make him feel bad? You know, just try to set the bar kind of low so that he'll at least observe something. That's never been the Mahalich. I think the Mahalich is you teach Torah. 
you teach what it is. Whatever's a machlokas, you tell them it's a machlokas. Whatever's not a machlokas, it's not a machlokas. You teach Torah, the way Rav Asher Weiss always says, you teach Torah and the light of Torah will inspire them. Whether they're ready for it or not, eventually it will, it will seep in. Eventually they'll, uh, you know, the hope is that, that one day something will click and they'll be ready to take on a little bit more and a little bit more and at least they'll know what they're coming back to. So to hold, to withhold information as you're trying to teach Torah is really a cheshman. Uh, you also have to recognize that when, uh, particularly in a Kirov setting, people need to grow gradually. Everything's not going to be perfect right away. You need to keep the long view. You know, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So in a chinami, they, by teaching this halacha, you know, and telling, and and you, you may it, it may have some some negative short term consequences, or by not teaching this halacha. But we're not thinking about the short term over here. We should be thinking about the long term. I, how could you tell someone to do an avera in the short term so that in the long term he'll be better off? So Ayin Rav Asher chuva about someone who has OCD and is convinced is convinced that he needs to repeat a bracha. So what does he say? Aser, you're not allowed to repeat the bracha. Ah, but I know I didn't have any kavana. Aser, you're not allowed to repeat the bracha. You got to take the long term view into account. The person needs to be uh, needs to be a healthy person and not say a million brachas of atala because they're always going to convince themselves they need to repeat a bracha. The eights, I think, in this case would be teach all the and advise them that if you're not yet holding it uh, and eating kosher, only kosher food, uh, to, to try to have one kosher food at each meal and, you know, give some basic education, have a, or, or only say a bracha on beverages. All the beverages they drink are kosher, right? So only say a bracha on your beverage. It's going to cover everything else anyway, right? Uh, so, uh, so, so only say a bracha on your beverages or something like that. You want to make sure that they have, uh, that, they, that they will get practice in reciting brachas or say a bracha on fruits or say just something at each meal, even if overall they're not going to be uh, reciting brachas on the hotel. And obviously, if you're eating pig, you're not going to say a bracha. But uh, I, I always thought that it's always best to be, uh, to be as honest as possible. Okay, have a wonderful evening and a wonderful Shabbos, everybody. Have a great Shabbos, Shabbos. Shabbos.